welcome to Breaking Through Biz, the podcast where we talk about things that are keeping small business owners from getting traction and what they can do about it. I'm your host, Tabitha Schiefer, and I have with us today my guest, Mark Metz. Mark is the owner of Optimus Sales Group, which is powered by Sales Acceleration, and they're a company that helps small to medium-sized businesses with their sales growth and accountability. He's also the founding member of a group called Inner Circle, which is something I'm a member of and a part of as well, and how we've gotten to know each other over the years. And so I just thought it would be really helpful and beneficial um, as we're talking to business owners who are trying to break through these um, revenue growth ceilings to have somebody who is an expert at sales process, sales accountability, and even hiring and finding the right salespeople. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into this business, first of all. So I've been in sales for 35 years, loved it. I was actually an electrical engineer and actually automated factories and did all of that for a couple, about five years and uh, moved into sales at, at a company, set some sales records, did great. So what do they do? They promote you right away to a district manager, regional manager. I made it through all that, did great, started a company in 1995, sold it in 2005. Okay. And uh, worked for engineering companies since then in sales, built their sales teams. And that's kind of when I decided I knew that I was doing things with these companies. I was building their sales process and their teams. And once it was running well, I'd get bored and want to move on. So in 2016, I'm thinking, what am I wanting to do? What do I want to do next? I want to help companies. I've learned all these things, all the school of hard knocks, if you will. And I would like to help other companies maybe not have to go through all of that that Mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. And that's when I discovered Sales Acceleration. And I joined those guys in 2017. And I've been doing it ever since. And it's just fantastic. Nice, nice. You probably experienced this when you were running your business. And I know I have as well. Um, To me, one of the hardest pieces is going from being an owner-led sales organization to other people doing the sales. So can you talk a little bit about what that process of transitioning from the owner being the main salesperson to having a team or Mm -hmm. bringing on a salesperson? Like, what are some of the challenges and struggles owners face with that? And maybe how can you help them break through? Yeah, so it's, it's very interesting, and I see it quite often. The owners, when they're looking for their first or, you know, salesperson or whatever, they want to find somebody like themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's generally a mistake because they're not going to find somebody that has that kind of connection to the company, the drive that's not their company. So they need to find somebody that's really a professional salesperson that can be trained. They also, a lot of times, and it varies, but there are some technical sales roles where you need some background in that. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, it's better to hire somebody that's a really good salesperson that can open the doors and get in and have the conversations, learn what the customers need, and then you back them up with the right technical people and they bring them in at the right time. And that's the biggest challenge I see with owners quite often. And the other one is owners are generally nice people. And a lot of times I see them hiring people they like. And that's okay, but you really need to go deeper and understand can they sell? What are their, you know, what are their capabilities around what you need? Yeah, the the thing that got me is they're good salespeople. They sell me on themselves. They can do that, and they're really good at it. But that doesn't mean that they're good at actually right. selling. I call it the, the the first two two or three date rule. You, they can be whatever you, they think you want them to yep. be for the first yep. two or three dates. <laughs> I want to know 
what's going to happen in six months when the honeymoon is over. That's really when you find out what that person's all about. And that's usually when the the owner's like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, and talk a little bit, too, about the sales comp structure in terms of, like, when you're doing that first person, is there a better way to structure their sales compensation so that, you know, because people don't want to come work for straight commission quite frequently. And so then it's a base. And, you know, I don't think mm-hmm. owners always know how to figure that piece out. There's so many ways to do it. And I generally recommend for the first year if you wanted to do an all commission, no base, at least the first year, you've got to give them a draw against that commission. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be a guaranteed draw. So they've got to live for that first year. So a base of 50, 60, that's a draw against commission, but it's guaranteed. So if they don't quite make it, it's on you. That's your investment. Uh, we generally recommend at sales acceleration 50-50, 50% base, 50% commission. Uh And the other thing, you know, is you don't have to pay everyone the same. If you've got that really seasoned person that comes in, you know, talk to them. They may want all commission because they know what they can do and they're confident. And there's an upside (laughs) to that, too. So you got to give them a little bit more. Uh, But that's generally how it works. And there's so many different options. But the thing that I always say, run an Excel or some kind of calculation to see the high and low sides. Because I've seen commission plans when I sign with a client coming in. I'm like, oh, this commission structure is so heavily weighted on the high side. If they really blow it out, which I've seen one do, the salesperson almost makes more than the owner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's an issue. And I said, please run this and make sure you understand all, you know, just run scenarios. Or put a cap or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like capping them. You don't? Okay. Most salespeople won't want to do that, but just make sure. What if, you know, if their number's a million, what if they get that? another million dollar sale and they're at two million, mm-hmm. right? And what's that going to look like? Because a lot of times they'll put the hockey stick or they'll pay extra for over plan and that's fine, but just make sure that you're not going to get burned if they really hit a home run. <laughs> All right. So how do we how do we find this right person? What do you think is most important to look for? Is there like some secret, you know, group that they're all hanging out in? Because we are looking for this pot of gold of these amazing salespeople and mm-hmm. I don't know where they live. So one thing that I always tell owners is always be looking for salespeople, regardless. I mean, I I hate to say it, but there's opportunistic hires. If you find somebody that you know there's going to be an ROI, why wouldn't you hire them? But you might not be thinking that, but it could just happen. So always be recruiting, always be looking, not saying you need to put it on Indeed or anything, maybe LinkedIn, some of those things. Mm -hmm. Make your company attractive through social media. Talk about the the company culture, if you will. So the salesperson kind of is drawn to the company. And uh, so you're building your company brand for recruiting Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And then... uh, you know, when you're ready to hire, you know, there's the Indeeds and things like that. And and just make sure you've got a pretty good job description built. Uh, I like to try to find people that already have sales jobs, not somebody that's looking for a sales job. But that's not necessarily a showstopper either because in this world, in this account, things happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Companies merge and people get let go, you know, so it's not necessarily a problem if they don't have a job right at that point. Okay. There's some assessments that I think you do, oh, like culture yes, index definitely. or something like that, uh, predictive index. I don't know which one it is, but yeah. it actually says like if they have these traits that mm-hmm. it, that they're a good salesperson. Do I those use, work or they awesome? And I would never hire someone without at least one of those. Okay, uh, there are several out there. If you have one you already know and you trust the person that does them, use them. Uh, I'm a predictive index certified person. So I use predictive index against for anybody that I help hire. 
and I've built a profile for a business development person and I can lay it against them to see. And even when I sign a, a new client, I come in and I assess their current people mm. to see, is this person really going to be that hunter type business development person? Or are they more of a farmer? You know, things like that. And then when they're ready to hire people, you do the same thing. But there are several out there that do that. There's a, one out there that I like a lot also called Objective Management Group. Okay. All they do is sales. Mm. And they've done two like 2.6 million assessments. And they've got some really, really good data. They'll actually give you a percentile that this person is going to be successful in this role. Okay. Yeah, which is, That's you know, nice. it's, yeah, any, anything <laughs> it's you can It's not a guarantee, get, but it's No, but they data. do have a guarantee. I believe if you don't, you can assess as many people as you want for X. And if you hire someone and they don't work out in the first year, you keep going and they okay. don't charge you Are they a recruiting firm? No. Placement firm, no? Strictly assessments. Just assessments. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. I wasn't aware of them. Um, okay. One of the other challenges I see that happens is people for the first time when they're trying to make that shift they hire somebody to develop their sales process. Mm. Like mm. they call them a salesperson, but there's actually no sales process in place. Right. And so you come in and you have to figure out what <laughs> is the message and who are we selling to right. and all of those sorts of things. How should owners be thinking about that? Is that the right move to hire the salesperson to put together the process? Or is that where a company like you go in that says, I've already created the sales process? Yeah. Like how does... It's it's pretty interesting because what I find, if the owner has been the salesperson for the years and helped the good business get to where it's at, the sales process is in their head. Mm-hmm. They already know it. They just don't know how to pull it out. So that's one of the first things I do is help that owner bring that out and document it. Uh, then we create the value proposition. Why do people buy from you? What are, What makes you different? How do you make their lives better, the customer? All of that lines up into the sales process. Then you need a CRM or some tool you know, and the CRM has to be a tool. It can't be a report generator to make the owner happy. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a tool to help the salesperson sell more. But your sales process goes into that, and that becomes your sales funnel. It's that simple. Uh, it sounds simple. It's it's there's a lot <laughs> it's a of lot of parts, it's a lot of setup, yeah. But that helps quite a bit, and, th- and that just gives that salesperson a roadmap that gives you a place to have conversations. You can also see if your process works well because if all your deals fall off at step three. There could be a problem with the step or the salesperson may not understand exactly how to deliver what they need and the information they need to get. The other thing about a sales process is what information do we need to gather and understand from the customer that they're ready to go to the next step? Mm-hmm. Do you have the right decision maker team? What's the budget? Those tons of questions. And if those don't aren't right, you may decide to walk or move on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are certain customers, I mean, sometimes if they buy only on price and you're a value-driven company and you're really not a low-priced provider, they may not be an ideal client for you and you need to move on because you're wasting resources at that point. And the process helps you really look at all of those pieces. Yeah, yeah. So what, I mean, I, I just mentioned one area where I see owners struggle. What are some other things that you've seen owners as they're doing that transition to their first sales team? What are some other gotchas maybe to be aware of? Yeah, it's a lot of it is, you know, there's so much out there now with AI and all these things and the bright, shiny objects, I call it. And mm-hmm. you can get into those and just go down a rabbit hole and you really miss the value. And one thing, another piece, and it's getting better, as I see a lot of companies do the me, me, me. We've been in business 50 years. Here's a picture of our building. 
here's what we do, here's what we do, here's how we help. And it's not focused on the customer. We have to flip that and focus on the customer. That's a big one that I see quite often. Then you hear, oh, what's the buyer's journey, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you need to understand the buyer's journey, but you don't necessarily want to follow the buyer's journey blindly. Because what that might mean is you find a prospect and they give me a quote. Eh, Now you're talking just price. If you don't have a sales process that says we need to find discovery questions and these things, and that gives us, we say, Mr. Customer, I'd love to give you a quote, but we really don't understand what you need. We have a process. If you don't mind, we'll follow that because we feel it's going to give you a better system, better product, whatever it is. But that also gives you a chance to sell. If you just simply quote it, you're, you're missing all yeah. those steps that give you a chance to sell why you're better than the competition. Yeah, you want your salesperson to be driving the right. process, not the customer to drive right. the process. Not to say you ignore their process, but you augment their process with yours. Yeah, you meet them where they are, mm-hmm. but make sure that you're following all the steps. Exactly. So I, um, I heard uh, a, the most simplified process that I've ever heard um, for sales. So pain, power, vision, value, close. So pain, okay. figuring out, you know, who, what their problem is, mm-hmm. um, power, who's the one who has the op- authority to write a check, um, vision, so what is the direction, what do they envision, what are they mm-hmm. hoping for, value, what does it cost, and, and will there be an ROI, and then closes, you know, doing the paperwork, getting right. the project kicked off, all those sorts of things. Are there any steps that I'm missing? Would you? It's based on the product or the service or they're, they're, it's it's very industry specific and your company specific, and that's really where the the complexity comes in. Mm-hmm. Do we need drawings from the customer so we can do a bid if we're a construction company? Those kinds of things, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Regional things, right? I mean, uh, you know, so many times we get into things. Well, regional laws are different from here to here, and I can't do it here, but I can do it over here. Yeah. You know, it's crazy and it's hard to deal with that. Yeah. But you have to have that information and know it, and just put it in your process and just yeah. find those things out. But th- that's the basic steps, and you'd be surprised that that'll get you eighty percent of the way. Every time. Good. And and obviously there's tons of nuances and, mm-hmm. and, you know, customizations that need to happen in there. And what do we put in the CRM and when do we put it in and what is our scripting? Um, so that leads me to the question of where does marketing end and sales begin these days? Is there that line seems to sort of been blurred a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think about marketing generated leads versus sales generated leads and kind of how to, quote unquote, give credit to the different departments for owners that are challenged with that. Okay. Uh, It's a good blend and marketing is very, very important. You have to have it, but also have to have alignment with the sales people and what they're selling. The messaging has to be very concise and just the same throughout the process. Mm -hmm. Marketing generating leads, it depends on the company and how they work and what they do. If, if marketing can even generate leads, the types of businesses, you know, like a large construction company that does you know, 25,000 square foot and up warehouses, they're not going to get marketing generated leads, mm-hmm, right? They mm-hmm. need to be out in the business and there's different ways of doing it. But uh, the salespeople also, you know, it's about targeting. It's about having that ideal customer profile and everybody understands who we're looking for and why. Mm-hmm. The value proposition is something that marketing and sales should make together, honestly. And how do we help the customer? What pains do we remove? What opportunities can we provide to the customer with our services and products? And then get them there, but that's the, the that's where the messaging comes from is that value proposition. And if everything's in alignment, the customers get a good feeling about you. Mm-hmm. I've seen clients where marketing was totally out of alignment with sales, 
and they would marketing it, throw a lead over the wall and sales would start talking to them in a different value prop almost. And the customer would just go away, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's pretty obvious when you look at it, but it's, you got to, you know, yeah. you got to know you're looking for it. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, you know, I do EOS and I have a client that just had this aha the other day. Um, we teach something called the proven process. And so it's just five to seven steps of what the buyer can expect to experience mm-hmm. from the business. Right. And so I've been touting, like, you can use this as a sales tool. It creates psychological mm-hmm. safety. It really helps Precisely. explain what they're going to experience, which helps them say yes. And then they said, we just realized that the process isn't the same as the proven process process. The process is how we actually deliver the work, but it's two sides of the same coin. So the sales team Mm -hmm. is using the proven process for selling, Mm -hmm. but the operation side has to deliver the same thing that the salesperson sold so that you get that alignment and that congruence that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So that was just like a big aha moment for them. And and just to hear you talk about, you know, the marketing team needing to be alignment. It's not just the marketing team. It's the operations delivery team, too, that they're actually doing what they say that they're Mm -hmm. what their brand promises. And there's another piece to a sales process that I call and it depends on the product and what it is. But think about it a transition plan. And all that really means is the customer is sitting at position A right now Mm -hmm. and they've got a pain and they want to get to position B. Well, the transition plan is what are all the little things that we're going to do in the delivery process to get you there, make them feel comfortable that you can do it, number one, and that they're not going to have too many business interruptions to get to B Mm -hmm. because they're going to think about that. Love it. Love, love, love the fact that we're taking this big concept, breaking it down into chunks, um, and then it's that it's not just about sales. It's about delivering mm-hmm. on, and making sure that everything is in alignment. I think that's so important. So you're really good at this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've We've worked together on multiple clients. Um, how could people go ha- about getting a hold of you if they were interested in learning more about your services? Sure. Um, my website is uh, www.optimussales.com. O-P-T-I-M-U-S-S-A-L-E-S. I have blogs there. There's a contact me form. There's even an assessment, isn't there? A sales I believe assessment. There is. I believe, um, yes. You know, just reach out to me, mmetz at optimussales.com. Easy enough. And uh, off we go. Perfect. Mark, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, for sharing your information and um, just being an all around good guy. <laughs> thank you. Great to be here and uh, love talking with you. This has been Breaking Through Biz with Tabitha Shever, and I just want to give a thank you to Family Vision Media and Dave Powell for helping us to produce this podcast. Plus, Delta is committed to helping your small business get your operations in order and to drive positive change. To learn more about Plus Delta services or EOS, go to plusdelta.com. Until next time, happy changing, everyone. Everyone.